Somebody always saying, I'm not lucky, I'm loved. If you're really sure that that song is talking about you, I want you to put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Luck is a matter of chances. But love makes some things permanent. You know, if you're given to luck, you can be lucky sometimes. But when you are loved, you are lucky always. You are always lucky. Romans 8 and verse 28, For we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I'm not lucky. I'm loved. Yeah. When you are loved, you are always lucky. Can somebody say after me, say, I'm always lucky. Because I'm loved. Say it again, say, I'm always lucky. Because I'm loved. If you believe that, put your hands together one more time today, celebrate Jesus. Yes, I'm always lucky. Always lucky. I want to especially welcome everyone joining us online from any expression of the Elevation Church and from our online church as well. I want you to put distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the teaching and preaching of God's word. Uh, and if you are online, be active with your comment, show some love, show some excitement. If you are blessed by something, post it, tweet it, you know, share it, and let somebody know that God is really touching your heart this season. And I know that your testimony uh, will, will, will be fantastic, a testimony of God's goodness, testimony of increase, testimony of whatever you're trusting God for this season in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Are you ready for God's word today? Can you hear me ask your neighbor, how was your week? Make sure you smile at somebody and tell them about your own week. Tell them about your week. What's the highlight of this week? Tell your neighbor about it. This week, I was at so-and-so place and boom, something great happened. Yeah. <laughs> this week, I reconciled with my boo. All kinds of things. I mean, what are you excited about this season? I'm loved, right? God bless you. <laughs> Praise God. We continue our teaching series today. Uh, without further ado, I'm excited to bring you God's word today. The Bible says, where the word of the king is, there is power. So there's inherent ability in the word of God to transform things, to change things. That's why the word of God is different. Yeah. Jesus said, the word that I speak to you, their spirit and their life. This is not motivational speaking. This is the life of God coming to you by the instrumentality of God's word. Glory be to Jesus. God moves when his word is being taught. The power of the spirit of God is released at the instance of God's word being taught with accuracy. And that's why I wanted to be ready for God to touch your heart, for God to transform your life through the teaching and preaching of his word today. I'm going to read a passage of the scripture and I'm going to say a prayer and we'll get into the word. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 and 10. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Verse 10 says, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to pull him Let's share a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this great opportunity to partake of your living word. As we teach and preach your word, we ask that you back it up with your power for transformation. Heal, set free, and deliver. Come into somebody's home afresh and let confusion be a thing of the past. Come into somebody's love life. Take all the mess away. Turn our mess into a message. In the name of Jesus, we speak peace over everyone as we engage your word today. Let it gain entrance into our heart and let it bat faith in our heart that we may engage radical transformation in Jesus' precious name. Somebody say better, amen. amen. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. Somebody say companion. Or say it again with me, say companion. Yeah. 
said, if they fall, one will lift up his companion. Woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to lift him up. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Anything that occasion a fall in your life, God will position people that will lift you up. You will not be alone. I said you will not be alone in the name of Jesus Christ. This passage of the scripture portrays to us that God's original intention for you and I, one, is not to be alone. Two, is to enjoy vital companionships as he positions people around us. And this transcends marital relationship. Nobody is created to be isolated. We are created for connection, not isolation. And we don't want to wait, or we don't have to wait until we're talking about marital relationship because before we become open to companionship. And to the fact that in God's plan for you and I is vital connections that will help us in times of crisis. Are you still with me? Yeah, connections that will help us in times of crisis. Our world has gone through all kinds of critical situations in the last few years. The last few years. Sometimes it looks like the issues we're dealing with are personal to us. Some other times the issues that we're dealing with are external to us, but whether uh, uh, internal or external, they, 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 they portend grave consequences if we don't work on our relational lives such that our capacity to withstand pressure and crisis is not diminishing. Somebody say with me today. Only God knows the effect of that, that COVID has had on certain relationships and marriages and business partnerships. Some of those effects, we're still going to continue to see them for the next few years. COVID has heightened some sense of fear, a sense of security in, in, in the heart of many people. And it has direct implication on all, how our relationships are panning out. Recently, I read a paper that just shows some of the issues that we have had to deal with. Uh, I put it in three or four C's. One is COVID. Two is climate change. Three is conflicts around the world. And the fourth one maybe is corruption. The only problem is that those things are here to stay. The conflict in Europe, for instance, is troubling the whole of Europe. Some countries there will have to go into recession. They have energy crisis. No gas to warm up. Yeah. And they're going to winter right now. All kinds of things happen. People running you know, away from some part of Eastern Europe and all that. All kinds of things going on. America may go into mild recession next year. If you haven't been studying global economy, please go, go and check it out. Yeah. So there's no part of the world that is exempt, exempted from what is going on right now. And these things have direct implication on our relationships. Well, the webinar yesterday, uh, relocating without dislocating. If you have relocated, you're online, or you're about to relocate, you need to watch that. Because some people never make time for what is important until they get into a crisis. You see all kinds of adverts in church, but they're not important to you. But when the crisis land, then you'll be chasing people all over the place. No. God wants to prepare you for what's ahead of you. You are not the all-wise God. Only one God that is all-wise. Yeah. And the wiser you are, the better you live. And if the level of wisdom you have is not helping you to manage the crisis that you have right now very well, acquire more. This church is a repository. And that's why, I mean, God helps us to come up with all kinds of things. Hardly will I, uh, have I ever gotten a, a, any feedback from any of the events that were put together in this church where somebody says that was complete trash. I didn't get nothing. I've never heard that before. Yeah, you may have a few complaints, oh, maybe that could have been done better, but that I didn't get nothing. It was a complete waste of my time. I mean, yesterday by the time we're done with the webinar, people are saying this time we spent, this is great, this is that, this is that. And in my mind I say, ah, we have maybe uh, uh, 200 and something people there and I know there are hundreds more of more people who are just in somewhere. 
who are sipping wine at uh, uh, a friend's party. The video is online. That's all I'm saying. It's online. Yeah. It's online. Go to YouTube page. Check my YouTube page. Come my Club official. Go, or go to Elevation NG YouTube page. It's there. Your spouse may be in another country. Call him or her. Watch it together. I highlighted five or six issues that you need to pay attention to. I'm not going to preach about it again this morning. You should highlight it and sit and dissect it together and put yourself on the right path. Right path to sustainability of your relationship so you don't drift apart and say, we don't know what happened. The devil did. It's not the devil. It's your ignorance and lack of wisdom because there's no temptation that's taking you. That's what the scripture says. Such as not common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted more than that which you can bear. And it says in every temptation, it will make a way of escape. God does not put us into trouble. Our ignorance does. Ignorance. Yeah. And lack of wisdom. So if you're going through anything right now, especially around, you know, relocation, dislocation, and lack of connectedness, you need to get on, on, on with that. Let me go back to my message. Is that okay? Glory be to Jesus. Tell your neighbor it's not time to dislocate. You can relocate, but don't dislocate. <laughs> praise God. I said praise God. So issues exist, and those issues affect our relationships. That's what I'm talking about. Matthew 7, verse 24. Jesus described it in this manner. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. He said, and the rain descended, the flood came, and the wind blew and beat on, on, on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them, said, will be uh, like, uh, uh, sorry, and does not do them, said, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the flood came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was his fall. Your house will not fall. Your businesses will not fail. Those partnerships will not fail. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's important for us to understand that God invests providential power in synergy and togetherness. But the strength of this synergy will be tested from time to time. The strength of your relationship will be tested by issues, by winds and waves, by circumstances. And in these times, such tests of companionship and relationships and marriages can be very tough because of what the whole world is going through. And some of the things I've spoken about, they are unyielding. We don't know when they're going to go. We just need to be strong through it and keep building something that is sustainable. The impact of COVID on marriages, many marriages went south. And the trauma is still there. How are you building your companionship? Is it in a way that it can, it's on a sustainable pathway or you know that this relationship is fast becoming a disposable one? Yeah. The, the way you position your marriage or your relationship, we can either say that it is sustainable or disposable. Either it's on a sustainable pathway or on a disposable pathway. And some people see that this thing is looking like a disposable relationship and you don't do anything about it. Yeah. Nobody is emotional about something that is disposable. You can't use a paper plate to eat and be romancing it. When you finish eating, you throw it in the bin. But if you're good channelware, you, you, you take care of it because you know this is not disposable. It's not a disposable plate. It's not a paper plate. But the way some people are going around their relationship right now, you are treating it as if it's a disposable thing. Anything can happen, and if he, you know, it's okay. Now, title this message, Hooked. 
for better or for worse. For better or for worse, we are okay. We are together. We are hooked. We are not going to unhook ourselves. But the truth is that God does not want it to be for worse. He wants it to be for better. Two are better than one. That's what he says. His original intention is not that my relationship will come for worse, but it will be for better. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. Glory be to Jesus. So, companionship will come under heavy pressure as we go on. But we need to continue to safeguard it. Jesus said in, in Luke 17 and verse number 1, it is impossible, but that offense will come. Offense will come. Offense will come. Proximity can breed offense. Offense will come, but woe to him through whom they come. But offense will come. Proximity will breed offense. Companionship will breed offense. The way it happens is almost like, you know, you have a magnifying glass around you that makes you only see people's faults when they are close to you. When I'm close to you, my inadequacies become, they become magnified to you. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. That's what we go through in relationships. And that, those are internal issues. What about the external issues that everybody is dealing with from all around the world? It's important that we pay attention to continue to build a strong foundation a foundation of companionship, of vulnerability, you know, a foundation of sensitivity. Because our needs will be changing. People came out of COVID not even understanding what they want. And then you are married to somebody who is susceptible to being disconnected and not even being sensitive to your need. You just feel like, okay, maybe that's how we are right now. Let us do it anyhow. Wherever it ends us, that's where some people are. Rather than saying, look, how are you seeing all the situations? What's happening around you? What about your aspirations? Are they changing? What are your fears? Are you afraid your business is going to fail? Because some people can be going through hell in their businesses and be smiling at their spouses. And then the spouse brings a bee and then you go crazy. But you didn't say anything because it's difficult to empathize without vulnerability. Yeah. If you're not vulnerable and you de demanded empathy, I'm not a witch. Yeah. And I don't read minds. I may do well with faces, but not mind. Because some people, what they are going through, you can't even see it on their face. They can pretend for Nigeria. Yeah. If there's a competition <laughs> to pretend and win gold medals, some people will get it. Yeah. And all those things frustrate our relationships. Am I saying the truth today? Yeah. Important that we, we open up to them. So crisis, changes, whether internal, external, social, environmental, can be an opportunity to grow closer and deepen our relationships rather than growing apart. If we manage them well, they can bring us together. We can resolve issues together. You know, a, 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 a couple can have maybe issues dealing with a child with special need or a child that's dealing with a particular situation. Rather than that situation pulling you apart, it can bring you together. Yeah, it can bring you together. Somebody's going through something at work. That issue, instead of it pulling you apart, it can bring you together because you are praying together about it all the time. You, you, you know, you're holding hands. You are you're getting more connected. You, are, you have a rallying point in a common adversary, an adversary that wants to disturb or destroy your home. And you are not putting it on one person. That is the person, uh, you are the one that opened the door to this issue. So it's your matter. Resolve it. Just bring in my food. That's how some men will say yeah, it's your issue, resolve it. Just, 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 yeah, yeah. And you know that, that kind of a statement can make somebody cry to bed. Am I saying the truth? Say, it's your issue. Just, just serve my food. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Some people can even say, you can call your father. And your family can resolve it. So now we are no longer family. You are destroying the relationship when you have 
those kind of views about the issues that you're dealing with in your, in your marriage. Glory be to God. Let me start to, you know, just, just bring us into the scriptures a little bit more today on this matter. Is it all? It's together. I mean, we're hooked for better or for worse. But what I'm saying is as you continue your relationship, focus on for better, not for worse. All through the Bible, we saw people who, have, who either focus on for better or focus on for worse. I'm going to go through just two today, two biblical characters and what we can learn from their relationship. And I know this is going to help somebody here today. Let me start with the first one. The first one we see in Genesis. Genesis, the book of Genesis. Genesis 19, the story of Lot. Story of Lot. Story of Lot started from Genesis 12. When God called Abraham. In Genesis 12. Come out of your people and go to the place that I will show you. So the Bible says, Abraham departed with his wife Sarah and Lot went with them. Now, time will not permit me today to talk about the importance of being connected to someone like Abraham. Because I often think about it. How can Lot have such a providential relationship with Abraham that Abraham took him along as his nephew and Lot remained a knucklehead all his life. I don't get it. For some people, God has done, given you the opportunity, the best opportunity in the world. God was looking for one person to start a covenant with. It was Abraham. Then Abraham joined you into that covenant even when he didn't have a child of his own. And God was blessing Abraham. Lot was also getting blessed. But Lot was insensitive even to Abraham when he was in the house of Abraham. Singles, hear me if you're here and you're single, whether online or, or in the room. Some things will not jump on you just because you got married. If, it's, if you don't have it, you don't have it. If you don't have it, you don't have it. And it's better that you have it before you get married than waiting that it will happen in marriage. Sensitivity, decorum, honor, preferring one another. Now, those are the lessons that Lot was supposed to learn in the house of Abraham, his uncle, but he refused to learn them. To the point that somewhere in Genesis, there, were, there was a quarrel between the herdsmen of Abraham and herdsmen of Lot. Lot did not have enough sense to know that it was because of this man that I even have herdsmen. When we left all of the Cadiz, I was, only, I was a small boy. I was a nephew. Now I have my own business, I, I'm, I have my own employees, my employees are fighting my uncle's employees, and, I'm, and I was stoking the fire. Senseless boy. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Now, if somebody can do that to his uncle, what will he do to somebody who just came into his life to just enjoy with him as a wife? Yeah. So when you pee on your benefactor, you will pull on your spouse. <laughs> Apologies for the gory <laughs> way the statements. <laughs> but that was how I just want to make it hard for somebody to hear it. Stop peeing on your benefactors. You are not positioning well for companionship when the people that God has sent into your life, you are dealing with them anyhow. Whoever goes with you must be ready for hell. Because some things don't jump on people. If you don't learn to honor people and prefer people and be sensitive to people's feelings as a single person, when you get married, your, 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 your spouse will get dishonor and insensitivity, full measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Yeah. That's why you need to learn it early. That's what Lot did not learn early. And getting into marriage, it played out. How can Lot live in the house of Abraham for years and not have a personal relationship with God? <laughs> hey. I thought about it, I was like, ah, what's going on here? When they, want to, they wanted to destroy where the city where Lot was living, 
If not for Abraham, he would not have escaped. If he had a relationship with God, God would send him signals. He will know when to live there. Genesis 19, angels came. God sent angels to Abraham. Abraham fed them. They, you know, they had a nice time. But I said, God visited Abraham. God told Abraham some personal things, you know, and all that, you know. And then they were going, and he saw them off. Yeah, he saw them off. Look for those scriptures I'll be showing you as I'm talking. Yeah. Put, put somebody who knows Bible on that thing. <laughs> and then, you know, as they were going, <laughs> Abraham was talking to them. And then all of a sudden, God said, I can't do this thing without telling my friend Abraham. That means Lot was not his friend. Though he was part of Abraham's family. I can't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and not tell my friend Abraham. And then God told Abraham about it. And what, was, what did Abraham do? Abraham started to intercede on behalf of Sodom. Not just, I mean, on behalf of Lot, but also on behalf of the city. Oh, got into a bargain with God. God, if there are this number of righteous people there, will you still destroy it? God said no. This number, I thought at the point, Abraham would just come out alive and say, Sir, at least Lot should be a righteous man. Uh, because of Lot and his family, will you hold the place? Abraham, could, he, he didn't even have the God to say that because he wasn't sure. Because that boy, that boy, that boy. Yeah. You know, some, Abraham had to uh, protect himself from God so that God would not even get angry with him because he had dragged the thing too far. He just left it at a point. And then the angels got there because of Abraham. They went and but I don't want to waste too much time, but you know that this is not the first time. In Genesis 14, you know what happened? In verse 14, Abraham took 318 soldiers from his house to go and rescue Lot. That time they kidnapped him in the same place. Yeah, they kidnapped him. He went and rescued him. This time around, he remained in the place. Because some people... Like they say, where I came from. They don't hear a word. Yeah. Yeah. This relationship that God has given you must not be destroyed in your hand. Everybody's talking to you. You're saying, no, no, no. I don't want to hear. You don't want to spend your old age in regret. Regret is not good. That's why you should listen. Charlie, if you're a young person like, like Lord was. So you know what happened eventually. Angels went, dragged Lot and his wife, and his daughters. They literally put them like this, and, and then lifted them, and took them to a safe place. And they said, go to the mountain. Lord said, no, the mountain is too far. Animal can come and kill me. Let me go to that small town. Then you shall go. Who will allow you to go to the small town. Zoa, they call the place, a small place. He went there, and as they were getting there, they were still going. The angels warned them, don't look back. Just be going straight. As they were going, you know what happened. You know what happened. As they were going, verse 26, give me verse 26 right now. Verse 26. But his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. If you put that in New Living Translation, it explained it a little more. New Living Translation, verse 26, quickly, quickly. Quickly, New Living Translation. It says, but Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him. And she turned into a pillar of salt. Brother Lot, what happened? You are the leader of this family. Everybody should line up in front of you. And then you are coming behind them saying, don't forget instruction. Go straight. Look straight. Don't turn. Honey, my hands are around your head. I know. <laughs> See, when you know the proclivities of your spouse, this woman may have been saying, you didn't allow me to take my wig. Say, don't worry, I will buy you a new one where we are going. You know I just started my new shop. Don't worry, you open a new one where we are going. Some people have emotional attachment to where God has left. Yeah. 
And it's our, my responsibility and your responsibility as their companion and for the sake of the entire family to help them through such emotional anger. Yeah. Some people right now, as I'm talking to you, your, your spouse may be in an entanglement and you are aware. What is the appropriate response? One, you can say, I'm not doing it again. Pack your load and go. But you can receive grace to say, I will help you untangle this situation if you will work with me. Yeah. As all that was going on, Lot was already cut off. He was not sensitive to the weaknesses of his wife. If you can catch up, catch up for madam. You'll be working as if you are pregnant. Are you still pregnant? Yeah. You do miss your period. Walk, my friend. Yeah. That's, that's how some people are. You're just insensitive to. You can say, look, are you getting tired? I'll stay behind you. Don't worry. Just make sure you don't look back. Looking back is detrimental to the entire family. Just be going. Be going. That's what is expected. They that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of them that are weak and ought to please themselves. Romans 15 and verse 1. Relationship, sometimes somebody is weak, somebody is strong. The strong person must bear the infirmity of the weak person and not please yourself. That's what the scripture says. Lord, look back. I mean, sorry, Lord's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. That was the end of the relationship. You can't marry salt. That was the end. And the family started to go down from that point. Time will not permit me today. Because it got to the place. And the daughters of Lot looked at themselves. This is how Nassau will go today. Say, look, there's no man for us here. This, that, that, that. And the devil sponsored ideas into their head. They made their father drunk and slept with their father. Children that came out of that, those incense. The Amorites and the Moabites. They remain enemies of Israel forever. They were just killing them like chicken. Every time. They created a problem. Lord, I mean, Israel came out of Abraham. The Amorites and the Moabites came out of Lot. And they were a problem to Israel. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah, so we just keep creating issues when we remain insensitive. Let me take the second story quickly so I can wrap up. Abigail, 2 Samuel 25. You know, these great stories are some of the reasons why you should read your Bible. Yeah, read your Bible. And then you understand because what is written in the Bible, there are precepts for us. Yeah. There are contexts with which we can interpret our own current situations and gain wisdom. So in 1 Samuel 25, we read about the story of Abigail and Nabal, her husband. The Bible says that Nabal was a rich man. From verse 2, there was a man of Moan whose business and possessions were in Camel. And the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 gold. And he was sharing his sheep in Camel. So the Bible says this guy, Nabal, who was married to Abigail, Abigail was intelligent, beautiful in appearance, but the man was harsh. I'm reading Amplified Translation, if you can get hold on that, of that. The man was harsh, the Bible says, evil in his dealings, but he was a Calebite. He was of the, uh, one of the sons of Caleb. And you are, you are surprised that a son of Caleb can be foolish. Because Caleb Stock was supposed to be the strongest. Caleb at 80, still asked God, give me this mountain. Said I was as strong as I was 40 years ago when we came out of the wilderness as are today. When God was commanding two out of the 12 that went to spy out the promised land, it was Caleb and Joshua. This guy was from the household of Caleb. But his name was Nabal, foolishness. And he was behaving foolishly. Sometimes we find ourselves in a relationship whether it was just seasonal or something happened, somebody has been behaving, somebody has been behaving foolishly. 
What kind of posture should I take if I want to safeguard the family and the relationship? Knowing that seasons can change. That's what we learn from the story of uh, Abigail. Abigail was the opposite of Lot. Lot became insensitive to the weakness of his wife and proclivities for wanting to remain in Sodom and all that. Lot was not ready to, you know, to deal with that with, with his wife. But in the story of Nabal and Abigail, this was what happened. David, who was going to be the king of Israel, at the time was still like a fugitive running from, his, from Saul. And he had his gang with him, his gang boys, about 600 men. So they would camp in different places and they needed supply. And they were rendering security services for rich people. Unsolicited security services. That was how they were getting by. So when this guy had his staff in the bush, I mean neighbor, doing his business, David's men would protect them unsolicited. They made sure nothing was missing. Nobody could attack them. So they heard that the man was having a party for his staff because they had a good year and they had a lot of harvest. And David sent his boys and said, go and meet the rich man, neighbor, and just ask him, like we say in this part of the world, anything for the boys. Yeah. And they went there and said, our boss sent us. I mean, time will not permit me, but if you, uh, if you can just go down in the scriptures, you will see where, how David sent the boys. The Bible says in uh, verse 5, so David sent 10 young men. And David said to the young men, go up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And this is what you say. David gave them a script. Have a long life. Peace be to you and peace to your house and peace to all that you have. Now I've heard that you have sharers. Now your shepherds have been with us. We have not harmed them. Nor were they missing anything. All the time they were in Camel. Ask your young men and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your sight and be well treated. For we have come on a good festive day. Please give whatever you find at hand to your servant and to your son, David. David was more kind than the average Lagos area boy. Area boy does not ask you for whatever you have. They tell you you are in our territory. Your fine for being here at this time is 20k. So you are the one that will be negotiating. But David said, anything you have, give us. We'll render security service to you. Yeah, okay. Uh, Never looked at the, the, the boys and said, who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? When somebody knows your father's name and says, who are you? He was simply saying, David is a non-entity. Yeah. He said, there are many uh, servants these days who run away from their masters. And then they'll be disturbing everybody. My people, get out of this place. When they go back and they told David what the man said, one seemingly evil spirit came upon David. David rose in anger and said, Today, today, before tomorrow morning, there will be no male, human, or animal that will be alive in neighbor's house. We are killing all of them. He asked 600 boys, 200, stay with the ghost. 400, gather your weapon, let's go. Evil was coming to the house of neighbor because of his foolishness and his manner of approach. Information got to Abigail. Your husband has run his mouth the way he will always do. Ah, Abigail said, I need to rescue this situation. I'm not going to premise it on the foolishness of my husband. I'm going to look at the bigger picture. Bigger picture. Bigger picture. He has his blind spots but I'm supposed to cover off his, his blind spot. Abigail stood up, gathered food, all kinds of food, you know, roasted chicken, orishirishi, gathered everything together. Saddled donkeys and took the shortcuts. 
and went and approached David midway. I lighted from, 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 from the, 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 the donkey, went on her knees and spoke to David, spoke to the king in David, knowing that her husband already spoke to the fool in David. In every man that's a king and a fool, the one you speak to is the one that will respond to you. Yeah. She spoke to the king in David. Ah! Said, David, you are a king. My husband may have called you an identity, but we know that you are a king. And a king does not shed blood unjustly. Please be at peace, my lord. I brought all this, you know, for you and your boys. That spirit left David. David looked and said, if not for you. In fact, the moment Abigail came down, the first thing she said is, let this everything put it on me. Let it be on me. Anything you heard, my husband said, I said it. Let it be on me. On me, my Lord, on me. Can you see it there? <laughs> yeah. On me. Let, let all this evil. Abigail covered up. Abigail stood in the gap. David said, if not for you. It wasn't until the next day. When Abigail got home, her husband was already drunk. Yeah. Abigail did not bother. He allowed the man to sleep and wake up the next day. And I said, you displayed foolishness yesterday. You would not have been able to wake up this morning. David would have killed all of our sons and all male animals. But for what I did. And you know the rest of the story. Because eventually, Nabal passed away and David married Abigail. Yes. When you display that kind of wisdom, you cannot be a widow for long. <laughs> yes. But you see, many people are looking to opt out of relationships without doing their best. Don't just walk out without fighting for your marriage. You have not covered the blind spot of your spouse. You have put all their sins on their head. And then you walk out bitter. Walk out bitter, disgruntled, frustrated. It can take years before you can pick your life up again. But there's a way you can enjoy strength and grace in a relationship. That even by any chance it ends, you are in a good place. Because God has seen your good works and he covers you. He goes ahead of you to make all the crooked paths straight. Is somebody still with me today? Yeah. But this one that your threshold for paying, your threshold... For managing with other people's inadequacies is too low. You are still a child. A child is the one that has zero threshold for pain. So that when you do something small like this, that is already crying. Yeah. And rolling on the floor. That's, how you, that, that's what defines children. And that's how some people behave in their marriages. And the Bible says, those of us that are strong ought to bear with the infirmities of them that are weak and ought to please ourselves. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. So it's important that we pay attention to the blind spots. Look beyond your spouse. Look at the family. Look at the bigger picture. Look at the future. The possibilities, the future possibilities of that marriage, of that family. Because if you premise it on the shenanigans of your spouse, many of us will not be able to stay in a marriage. That's the truth. That's the truth. So as I wrap this all up today, I want to give you this to go with so you can meditate on it. The summary of everything. If you want to take a picture, you can take a picture. If you're online, you can just screenshot it. This is what I wanted to think about all through this week. These six things. Just the lessons from the two stories I told. Manage and take responsibility for your spouse's blind spot. If you want a great marriage, you have to be somebody who is willing to take responsibility for another person's blind spot. Yeah. Commit to compensate and not complain only about your spouse's blind spot. 
anticipate their need and meet them. A good relationship is where needs are being met. And sometimes you may think, my own needs are not met. Why should I meet the other person's need? Yeah. You can continue to meet somebody's need by the grace of God while you are trusting God that something will break loose and your own needs will also be met. Because the moment we do fire for fire, there's a breakdown. Yeah, there's a breakdown. And also, don't relinquish the responsibility for family success to your spouse alone. Some people just say, look, uh, you're the man, or uh, you're a woman, you're any more than me, take care of everything. And, uh, no, don't relinquish the responsibility for family success to your spouse alone. Abigail could have said, you are the one that opened your mouth and said what you said. Take responsibility. Where's my son? Go to my sister's house. They are coming. They will destroy everybody. Kill your father. It's okay. It's his mouth. Yeah. Abigail could have said that. It will just take our own son and go and hide our son. Let them kill every other person. I don't care. Yeah. And then when people come, you say, hey, is he not the one? Has he changed anything? A future has been terminated. God's plan has been destroyed. But yet, just because, you, you know, you couldn't take responsibility. Be vulnerable enough to confess your struggles to each other. In story of Lot and his wife, if they had confessed their struggles to each other, Lot's wife says, as we are going, I'm tempted or I will look back. There are plenty of things there. Lot would have said, no, honey, don't do it. God will provide for us where we are going. I will, talk, I will go and beg my uncle. He will give us something. We will start from somewhere. You know all those kind of things. Yeah, but there's no vulnerability. I don't even know what you're thinking. And we're in something together. And we're not comparing notes. Lastly, be sensitive to how changes in the environment affect your spouse and your partners in any relationship. Yeah, you could have started a business with somebody running for the last five years. But now their aspirations have changed. Their, their own plans have changed. You have a business partner who is planning to take his own family abroad. And your own family, they're here. And you know it's the same money from this same business. And you're not talking to each other. All of a sudden, you just say, we have collected our visa, we're leaving. Now, you now become bitter. Because you're not talking. Yeah. We can manage the emotions together. Because they are going does not mean I will go. But at least if I know, yeah, we will know how to. You understand? Like all kinds of things are happening this season. Destroying God-ordained relationships. People becoming bitter, envious, jealous on issues that can be resolved easily so that God-ordained relationships are not destroyed. Your relationship will not be destroyed. As you meditate on these things this week, my God will give you wisdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray divine preservation over every relationship that God has brought into your life. Every vital relationship, every key relationship shall be divinely protected. In the name of Jesus, your home will not fail. My God will envelope you with his wisdom. You will not be stranded in your marital destiny. You will always know the next thing to do. And Jesus will be glorified in your life. In the precious name of Jesus. Finally, before I bring this to a final close, one more thing I want us to do in this service today. This message has ended. But at least maybe two more things that I want us to do. One, I want us to take two minutes and empty the beam of offense. I'm talking about forgiveness. You know, we said we'll have an open day today on forgiveness. If your spouse is with you in this service, this is the time that I want you to hold their hand and look into their eyes. If you have a friend or you're in a, a, a courtship relationship and you're also sitting together, please do the same. If you don't have your spouse here or your partner, business partner, whatever kind of relationship, you don't have them here, then you may need to get your phone ready because you may have to send them a message. If there's any hurt in your heart, anything you have not forgiven or you are struggling to forgive, this is what I wanted to do. You need to talk about those things today. Not tomorrow, today. If your spouses are abroad, you can call them after the service. As I'm talking to you now, you can open your WhatsApp and type a message. But if your spouse is here, I want you to look at them now. Between both of you, 
I'm giving you just two, three minutes. Please, I want you to talk now. Let them know. In 1992, <laughs> you did this. I've been struggling to forgive, but I know I've received grace today, and I'm letting go. I'm emptying that offense into a, a waste being. I'm not going to hold it against you any longer. I'm not going to raise the issue again because I'm letting go of it. That's what we should do now. So if your spouse is here, please do that now, 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 now. The starting point is hold hands first, please. One hand, hold the hand. Everyone that is married, obey your pastor. Hold the hand. Yeah. Hold the hand first. Hold the hand. Yeah. And then look at each other. And if anything comes to your mind at all, I'm not forcing this, but if anything comes to your mind at all, that you know God can hold against you because you are holding it against your spouse and you have refused to let go. I want to talk about it now. I want to talk about it now. If your spouse is not here or your partner is not here, you can type a message out right now and send them a WhatsApp message and let them know, I'm still struggling with this, but today... I'm letting go. I'm emptying it. You know, when you empty something into the dustbin, that's what I wanted to do. Empty that offense into a dustbin. Just empty it in. It may be something they said, something they did, or refused to do that still hurts. Empty it into a dustbin and just let them know right now. For somebody here, it may be your business partner. It may even be your sibling. Yeah. You need to empty that bin right now. Just send them a message. When we were burying our mother, you said this to me. I know it was six years ago, but I'm still hurt. But I forgive you today. Under God, I've received grace to let go of it. Send that message now. If they are calling you during service, don't pick yet. After service, you'll pick. And let them know. I heard a message. God gave me grace. And it's okay for me to be truthful. I'm letting go of the matter. Yeah. Even if the person abused you after... Take it. Say, hey, you're very useless. So five years, you're not holding it. You'll be holding it against me. Say, thank you. It's between me and God, not between me and you only. Yeah. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, we honor your presence in this place. You forgive us our trespasses. And you heal our diseases. That's who you are. And we are extensions of you. We also can forgive. So we receive your grace over everyone under the influence of this service. Everyone online and in in-person gatherings. We ask that you give us grace to empty offenses into the being that we might start afresh in our relationships. Lord, as we forgive freely today, let your peace come upon our homes. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your peace come into our businesses. Let your peace come into our extended families. In the name of Jesus. Give everyone the capacity to let go and to forgive. We pray over every marriage under the influence of this service. And everyone who will listen to this and watch this later, we ask, Father, let the hold of offense and animosity be broken. Let the heavens open over every home. Let the spirit of companionship and togetherness descend upon us afresh. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do that which only you can do in our homes. Help us to put our relationships on a sustainable pathway. Let your grace abide with us. We rebuke every evil wind. Blowing over any relationship here. We decree and declare our homes will not break down again. In the name of Jesus, every ordained relationship for business, for life, for love, we raise a hedge of fire around them. And we decree right now that those relationships are divinely protected. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, heal our heart for anyone who still hurts. Anyone who may still be holding back. Enable us in a way that only you can do. Give us perspectives that will help us to let go. 
Heal every heart that is hurting. And let your name be glorified. We thank you, our Father. In the precious name of Jesus. Still in the attitude of prayers. All right, if you want to celebrate God, you can do that. You can do that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Still in the attitude of prayer. I want us to please bow down our head just for a minute. I want to pray for anyone in this service. And every, anyone joining online. Who may be saying, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Or somebody who may be saying, I, I, I said the prayer before. But I backslid into sin. And I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I also want to pray for you. God is still in the business of forgiving sins. He restores us and rescues us. And there's nothing, no sin that is too big for our God to forgive. No situation that can separate us from our God when we come with a heart of repentance. So I want to pray for anyone here today who will be saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. Whether you are in the house or online or somebody who may be saying, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to have a new start. I know if Jesus should come today, there may be one or two things that may be standing between me and him. But I want to have a clean beer with God. I want to start afresh. Wherever you are in this service, can I ask that you lift your right hand up above your head? If you want to say a prayer with me, I'm going to pray with you right now. Just lift that hand up to God, not to me, but to God. I want, to, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to have a, a fresh start with God. A fresh start with God. A fresh start with God. If your hand is up, can you please stand where you are? Just stand where you are. Quickly, stand where you are. Stand where you are. I want to pray for you. Please stand right now. Don't, 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 don't be afraid. Don't, don't exercise any fear or shame. Just stand where you are. Each and everyone has had to say this prayer one time or the other so that we can be in the right place with God. And that's why I'm asking you, if there's a man or a woman to stand for God, God is ready to stand for you the remaining days of your life. If you know you're not in a good place with God, you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, want to give your life to Jesus, please stand where you are. Stand where you are. And I'm going to pray for you. Identify with Christ today. Stand where you are. Don't allow anything to hold you back. I know for somebody, God is knocking at the door of your heart and you're holding back. Just let go. And say, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated to thee. And just stand where you are right now. If you are online, go to the chat and let us know I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. Or I want to rededicate my life to Christ. Please put it in the chat. Our officials are posting the links there and they will be able to connect with you if you click on the link after now. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, everyone standing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just waiting for one person or two who may still need to join the people standing and stand now. Please don't delay. Don't second guess the need for your salvation. Glory be to Jesus. For everyone standing and everyone online who want to say a prayer with me, I want to say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I've sinned against you. I ask that you forgive my sins and cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Today, I accept your sacrifice, your death on the cross has been the payment for my redemption. I willingly surrender my life to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior from this moment on. Fill my heart with your spirit. Give me grace to live for you the remaining days of my life. Thank you for accepting me just the way I am. In the name of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone making a decision right now. Whether in the room or online. Let your hand rest upon them. Give them a new beginning. In the name of Jesus.